Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. We are just getting started. We are here. We're doing this. We have an awesome topic today that I have been wanting to talk about for a while because I feel that this topic needs to be talked about more often. And it is definitely something that is not really acknowledged within the church. And it's something that truly is not taught anywhere. Like you have to figure this topic out on your own. Unless you go to a therapist. Yes. That is pretty much the only place that I've heard of anyone learning about this from someone else. Yeah. That's not the way it should be. It is something that... I think like every needs to be teaching. It's something that should be taught in the home, like with your friends and family. It should also be taught in more public places, like in school and so on and church. Mm -hmm. Drum roll. Today we are talking about boundaries. Yeah. Boom. Here it is. Especially because it's the title of our episode. So (laughs) they're like, it's not a secret. Never a secret. (laughs) Never a surprise. We just like to act like it is. But it's it's a very important topic because there's so much that goes into it that really affects us on a, on a regular basis in the, in the lives that we are living. I mean, how often do we feel overwhelmed, burned out, or just like we're hanging by a thread in our personal, professional, and church lives pretty much all the time? I feel like a lot of people hit burnout like five years ago, no, three years ago, and then like we've just been like struggling along ever since. Yeah. It's crazy. But the thing is, like, because we've been taught that we need to consecrate our time, talents, and energy to building the kingdom of God on earth and uplifting or serving those around us, we often forget that we need to be reinvesting that same energy and time into ourselves. Like it says in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 27, See that all these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. To me, that just means don't get overexcited. And I'm like, definitely not. I'm not going to get that excited. And I'm definitely not going to run. So <laughs> check. I, I always think of it in the literal sense of the like, well, duh, I'm not going to run. I don't run. Like, like obviously. obviously. <laughs> but honestly, that verse has become like my mantra almost over the last few months, especially as I've been trying to figure out like, employment, my life, my future, everything. The Lord has been constantly reminding me with this verse that I need to just calm down and take things one step at a time and to not try to force myself to do more than I'm actually capable of. So if anything, this lesson is really meant for, or this episode is really meant for me and how I need to learn how to draw boundaries with myself. Um, So yeah, we're going to We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what they are, how crucial they are in relationships and in our personal lives and in our professional lives and beyond, and then how to create and enforce boundaries because creating them is great, but they're worthless if we don't enforce them. Seriously. All right. So let's dive right in. So what exactly is a boundary? Well, Dr. Sharon Martin, a psychotherapist in San Jose, California, wrote an informative piece for her website titled, What are Boundaries and Why Do I Need Them? She said, a boundary is an imaginary line that separates me from you. They separate your physical space, your feelings, needs, and responsibilities from others. Your boundaries also tell other people how they can treat you. 
what's acceptable, and what isn't. Without boundaries, people may take advantage of you because you haven't set limits about how you expect to be treated. She continues to say, when a boundary is crossed, you need to provide feedback saying it's not okay. The boundary is worthless if you don't enforce it by giving feedback and consequences. Some people will easily accept a boundary and others will continue to challenge and escalate it. Facts. Well said. So simply put, boundaries are like a line that you draw in the sand that are there to express your physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual limits. If someone crosses that line, then it's up to you to enforce the line and correct the action. Basically, if you let someone cross it, then you're either saying, yes, go ahead, do that. Um, or you need to be able to say, no, go back to the other side. This is not okay. This is my space, my side of the line. Okay, so Dr. Martin then gives a story as an example, which really helps to illustrate the concept and point of boundaries. So we're going to summarize it because it was really long to read. Think of a boundary as a property line. You own a house and your neighbor comes into your yard every morning to bring your newspaper from your driveway to your doorstep. After dropping off the newspaper, she picks a few flowers from your yard. You obviously feel annoyed, but you don't want to say anything not wanting to be a difficult neighbor. Months pass. The neighbor continues to do this and now lets her dog play, poop in, and tear up your yard. You still don't say anything and time moves on and your annoyance continues. Finally, one day you come home from work and you find your neighbor's kids playing in your yard. They're trampling over your garden, leaving trash and toys scattered all over the place. At this point, you blow up on your neighbor because they have clearly taken over your yard as their own. Obviously, the neighbor has behaved badly. However, your neighbor didn't know that you didn't like it when she picked flowers, let her dog, or her children play in your yard. That's rough. Okay, so she emphasizes that the point is when you don't speak up and say that a boundary has been crossed, it gives the impression that you're okay with it. It would have been better for everyone from the beginning if they had said, Hi neighbor, I'm sure you didn't realize it, but I like to bring my own paper in, and so please don't pick the flowers in my yard. There is still accountability on us to act because I want to immediately say like, okay, you shouldn't have to deal with this, which you shouldn't. It's clear that that person is doing something wrong, but there is a very valid point that needs to be understood here that we are accountable for setting those boundaries in our lives as scary, as hard, and as complicated as it might feel at any given moment in the beginning while you're doing it and afterwards, or, you know, no matter how they react to you you still have to do something. And even though it is very challenging and difficult to do so, we still have to enforce the boundary. Boundaries will not always be taken well by the other person that you're enforcing them to. The neighbors are escalating it and saying, you're being mean because you're saying that we can't do what we want on your property, essentially. But the thing is, like, you kind of have to be the a-hole when your boundaries are being crossed and if you're going to enforce it. You have to do it and you have permission to be the a-hole in that situation. Okay, I do want to add one more thing to that, though. So I haven't seen this account for a little while, but there was a TikTok account um, on the mental health side of TikTok where they would replay instances of people someone requesting a boundary and attempting to enforce it and then having the other person essentially refuse you know say what they want to and then walk away and then it ends with that person who's tried to enforce the boundary still reassure themselves afterwards and say hey I did my best to set a boundary I have done what I can in this situation to protect myself 
that person is not listening. So they don't have my best interest at heart. And that is something for me to better understand now. We'll have to just go from there. It bugs me, but I completely understand that because we're not always going to be in this, the right situation where our boundaries are going to be willingly accepted. I can see a lot of different, like, I don't want to say like power situations, but like children trying to set boundaries with their parents who might be like a little bit pushy or something like that's may not always work out well. I mean, if you're if you're like a teenager living at home, it's going to be very hard to control or create boundaries. But it's, it's still important to keep working on them. I can just see where there's going to be instances where we're going to struggle to have any final say in it. You are correct because if you are setting a boundary and enforcing the boundary and the other person is reacting negatively like that and giving you pushback, it just solidifies the fact that you need to push back even further. Like, don't get violent about it, obviously, but like your boundary is there to protect you and will ultimately help you to gain the respect of other people. If these people are pushing against you, it's because they think that they can control and manipulate you. And if that's their mentality, then like you said, they are showing you their true colors and you, one, do not have to tolerate that in your life so you can choose to not engage with them any further. If it's a situation where, you know, you obviously have to continue engaging with them, like you said, a teenager and a parent, you just need to be more clear and say, like, you're crossing a boundary. This is a problem. We need to work on this. Exactly. And that leads into this quote by Stephanie Kamins, the clinical director for Road to Growth Counseling in Denver, Colorado. She wrote, quote, Boundaries protect your personal self by setting a clear line between what is me and what is not me. A lack of boundaries opens the door for others to determine your thoughts, feelings, and needs. Defining boundaries is a process of determining what behavior you will accept from others and what you will not, end quote. And so I just think that that's an important thing to highlight that aside from creating that like protection line, you are also determining what behavior you will tolerate from other people and what you will not. So if people are trying to like be rude, abrasive, talk down to you, and your boundary is that you will not tolerate that, then you need to enforce that and make sure that you are not going to allow them to be speaking to you in that manner in the future. Sometimes, honestly, the only thing you're going to be able to do is walk away, which is very unfortunate because, you know, we want people to be able to respect us, to, to treat us with dignity and with love. But there's going to be instances where we're going to just have to say this person does not really care. If they cared, they would be listening. And it's time for me to step away now. So now we're going to go into the different types of boundaries. I'm just going to read the list of the boundaries first, and then we're going to break them down a little bit further. So they are physical, emotional, professional, spiritual, and I'm sure there are many others, but those are the ones that we're going to focus on right now. So to start out, we're going to talk about physical boundaries. And Dr. Kamins once again explains that physical boundaries include your body, your personal space, and privacy. Violations can include standing too close, inappropriate touching, or even looking through your personal files or your cell phone. Physical boundaries are going to be the most obvious ones to pay attention to. Like they'll be obviously obvious when you see them happening to other people and they're happening to you when you're looking to explore boundaries with someone else in any way. Not just obvious also in 
our eyes to see, but to understand as well. Like we all have our, you know, our own personal bubble and we know exactly when someone is invading it. Whereas for the other ones, it's a little bit harder to see or sense or understand in a few ways, at least to like put it into words. But it's something that we do need to be very careful about when we are with other people so that we understand what their boundaries are so that we can be sensitive to their concerns, to what they are comfortable with, as well as making sure that we are setting proper boundaries with other with those other people for ourselves so that we know, okay, I'm comfortable sitting next to you, but I don't want you actually like touching me like and no, you're not going to touch my phone. You're not going to go through and search for my security my social security number or something. Honestly, from a church that focuses so much on chastity, we really don't talk about establishing physical boundaries at all. No, they just say no petting. Yeah, no petting, no necking, which like I still don't know what that is at 31. Like oh I, my God. I don't know what that is. And I don't want anyone to tell me what that is. Thank you. No, please don't. We, we don't want that. That is... A boundary we have set. We spend so much time talking about chastity and like we never talk about what physical limits or like boundaries are in relationships and we don't know what they are until we're actually in them. No. Okay. I just, oh my gosh, I just had a memory. Um, so this is like right when my older sister was starting to date. So I was like around like 14 at like my most awkward worst phase. Everyone's the worst at 14. <laughs> Like, mostly everything was internal, so, like, that's, like, good and bad, but I remember my mom talking to her her friend, and they were getting concerned about their children wanting to hug people of the opposite gender. Hug? Yes, because it was just, it was just too much. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I remember, like, I was in that, I, I was in a weird spot, so I was like, yes, that is weird. I should never hug anyone ever. I mean, that's kind of the person I've always kind of been. Like, I only want to hug very specific people. Like, we have to be good friends. I just think back now, I'm just like, oh my gosh, 16-year-olds hugging. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's the least of your worries, y'all. Honestly, yes, it's so funny. But I mean, at any age, you should be setting boundaries for yourself. You do not set them for other people. And... Also with age, we gain wisdom, we learn. So there's going to be opportunities for us to reevaluate our boundaries and change them as we go. And as for me, it'll be the same for everyone else where you have certain boundaries set for different people. That's enough rambling. We're diving now into emotional, (laughs) emotional boundaries. So Dr. Caymans explains, emotional boundaries involve separating your feelings from another's feelings. Emotional boundaries fall into the categories of time, emotions, energy, and values. Healthy emotional boundaries come from believing that you are okay just the way you are. Commit to letting go of fixing others, taking responsibility for the outcomes of others' choices, saving or rescuing others, needing to be needed, changing yourself to be liked, or depending on others' approval. She also cautions people to be aware of emotional traps that people can lay in relationships by evaluating if these scenarios seem familiar to you. Here's a few phrases that if you catch yourself thinking, it might be a good time for you to reevaluate some things. So one concept is, I am nobody if I'm not in a relationship. My identity comes from my partner and I will do anything to make this person happy. Okay, more specifically, it makes me think of Anne Perkins from Parks and Rec, where she realizes, like, I don't know which season it was, 
like three or four, where she takes on the identity of all of her significant others when during the time she's dating them. She wears plaid with this guy. She becomes she gets into exercise with this guy. She becomes a new person or a different side of herself with every relationship. There's a difference between becoming interested in the things that your partner is interested in versus letting his or her interests become everything about your life from then on. Yes. Like, be interested, be involved in their life, but don't let that be the only thing about your life. Right. There can be a healthy balance there. So another one is, this is better than the last relationship I was in. You should never be in a relationship just to be in a relationship. You deserve more than that. Um, Another phrase is, my partner would be lost without me. That is dangerous, as cute as people like to uh, conceptualize that sometimes. If your partner is lost without you, then you're basically saying that they need you to survive and you have to be with them so that they can survive. Rightfully codependent, and that's a problem. Yes, exactly. There's a difference between codependence and interdependence. And so you two really need to be your own people in order to be together properly and in a healthy manner. Um, Another one is, if I just give him more time, the relationship will get better. Yeah, no. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just just walk away. (laughs) Honestly, like, here's what I always say. If you are in a new relationship, like if you've been together for like, we'll say three months, because that's like the happy honeymoon, wonderful time, right? Uh Everything the other person does is sunshine and rainbows, and they just crap joy and love, okay? If it's not working or good during the honeymoon phase of a relationship, it's not going to get better and you need to get out. And that goes the same for marriages as well. If you are married to someone and within the first few months of your marriage, the quote unquote honeymoon phase, it is not good, it probably will not get better. Oh, unfortunately. Well, and then on top of that, no matter how long your relationship has gone on as well, mm-hmm. Time doesn't really fix things like that. You actually do need to put in, I mean, time can help be a be an important factor, but it's not going to be the thing that heals a relationship. You're going to need to put in certain certain work to make something better. And if that work doesn't happen, then there's nothing that time can do. So you shouldn't be putting everything on hold. You shouldn't just be waiting something out in the hopes that things will come together on their own. Also, just because you've been together for an extended period of time does not mean that they owe you anything like marriage. Ooh, nope. If they don't want to marry you now, they probably won't want to marry you in five years or 10 years or however many years down the road. Just if you know that you want to get married and they are not willing to do that for you, it is time to end that and move on. Amen. Anyways, continuing right. on. <laughs> All right, last one, last phrase is, most of the time, the relationship is great. Okay, well, occasionally it is, and that's enough for me. That's taking the idea that settling is okay, and I feel like too many people do this. No, we we shouldn't settle. Don't settle. Just, we need to 
value our relationships and we need to be putting value into them. But if you're not getting anything out of them, if it's because it just isn't working out, if it's because your significant other isn't putting in anything of worth either, then things just aren't going to work out. And you shouldn't be in a relationship with just, you know, one foot in. The trick is to actually be truly and wholeheartedly invested in it. And if you're not, if your significant other is not interested, then if they're not investing their time, then it's not going to work out and you shouldn't have to waste your time or your emotions on something like that. Exactly. It's just like you said earlier, you should not be in a relationship just to be in a relationship, just to avoid being single. If you know that this relationship is not ideal, if you know that it is not great all of the time or most of the time, then you should not be in this relationship. We understand that relationships aren't perfect and wonderful and happy unicorns smiling all the time. We get that. Even our podcasting relationship is not sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns all the time. (laughs) But we know that the good outweighs the bad any day. And if the good outweighs the bad any day in your relationships, then it's worthwhile. But if the bad is outweighing the good, you should not stick to that relationship. If you're clinging to a handful of rosy moments when you've got a whole bucket of crap beside you, there's... Focus on the crap and not the rose. (laughs) Yes. So if any of those scenarios or uh, uh, phrases seem familiar to you at all, you may need to work on establishing emotional boundaries. Is it easy? No, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. My favorite part is just how we're giving all this relationship advice and we're both single. Hey, it's because we set really good emotional boundaries. Yes, we did. (laughs) So good. I know I did in all of my relationships and that's why I am not with any of them anymore. I started to say, oh no. And then I'm like, no, good for you. I set really good emotional and and physical boundaries and they don't like to respect that. So they get kicked to the curb. Anyways, so the next one is professional boundaries. So what's really entertaining is when I was researching this episode, the Lord was trying to teach me that I needed to set professional boundaries and I needed to figure out what my professional boundaries were. So this part was very personal to me. Yeah, it's something that I definitely need more in my life and I have been thinking about And since I've I've just started a new job and it's something that I do want to set for myself because in my last job, I did not. And it sucked. Yeah, same. So, all right, lead us right in. All right, so careercontessa.com is a website established specifically for female professionals to learn from expert advice, mentoring, and courses to develop in their careers. In an article on this website titled How to Have Healthy Boundaries at Work, it says, quote, Your boundaries will stem from your values and your life's priorities. Any job worth having recognizes that it is, first and foremost, a job. Aside from your work, you have your home life, your relationships, your passions, and your personal space to consider. Before you communicate your boundaries, you'll have to take the time to assess them, their limits, and how to set them, end quote. They suggest four professional boundaries that we need to establish, but there are countless others that each individual needs to think about and establish on their own. So they say, quote, know your limits, time, workload, etc. Know the scope of your professional responsibilities and delegate as necessary. 
keep relationships professional, meaning separate your friends from your coworkers, and finally take time off, meaning when you get it, when you need it, and when it's offered, use the time that you're given, end quote. Oh my gosh, yes. Use all the free time you can get. You deserve it. The company doesn't care one way or the other, not really. So please use it. I, oh my gosh. Yes. Here's the thing. So I have shared my experiences working in a very terrible, toxic workplace before on this podcast. And I'm going to explain how I basically showed them I had no boundaries whatsoever. I was willing to work any hours all the time. Most weeks I was working between 50 and 70 hours a week, which is absurd for someone who was in my pay grade. I was not getting paid nearly enough for the work that I was doing. In the three years that I was an assistant restaurant manager, I called in sick twice. Oh my gosh. Only twice because at this job, they made it seem like if you were calling in sick, you were causing so many problems in the department. Yes. And you were hindering everything. So I worked with bronchitis. I worked with pneumonia. I worked with... You worked with like your sprained ankle. Yeah. I worked with a sprained ankle that I could not stand on for more than 15 minutes an hour. I basically let them say and do whatever they wanted with me. I mean, we all know how the story goes. Like I ended up leaving that job and getting absolutely nothing for it. The Lord has been trying to show me like over the last few weeks as I've been doing a temp job and as I've been like working on finding a new career, the Lord has been like, what are your priorities in your life? Because for three to five years, your number one priority was your job and that did not get you anywhere and that did not set you up for any kind of success, whether it was financial spiritual, emotional, mental, definitely not mental. It like screwed me over mentally. The Lord has been trying to teach me like, what are your actual priorities in your life? Do you care more about having a relationship with your heavenly parents? Do you care more about professional development? Do you care more about making money? Do you care more about who you want to become? Like, what are your actual goals and priorities for your life? And then in order to keep those priorities in order and not let one of the lesser things move up to the top spot, what boundaries do you need to put in place professionally so you can keep that? It was like a revelatory experience reading for this episode and at the same time interviewing for a couple jobs because I was immediately like, this job will not allow me to have my set priorities. It will definitely take top priority and I do not want that. And so I was just writing off jobs immediately. It is important. You need to establish these boundaries in the workplace because if you don't, you are setting yourself up to be overworked, to be underpaid, and to be literally abused by a corporation that does not care about you. You are also setting yourself up for not receiving promotions because they will consider you a pushover for not having those boundaries in place. And they will be like, oh, well, this person will do like whatever we want. But we know that like Kaylee has like these goals and ambitions to become like a CEO. And if she doesn't hit this goal by like the end of this year, then she's going to leave. And so we have to promote Kaylee first, even though she's come in later than this other person and blah, blah, blah. Like, you are setting yourself up for failure if you don't establish boundaries in your professional life. Agreed. Um, we're not going to dive too much into gender differences, I think, here, but I think that's something that 
women have not been taught in general to do. We've been taught to be more accommodating, whereas men are raised to go after what they want, to chase down what they want. And for me, my policy was always like, I will get into this job and see what kind of boundaries I should set then, which does not work. It doesn't work, you guys. So you need to be doing this before you take on those jobs as you are applying for jobs and so on, because you need to be able to say during those interviews to your potential bosses saying like, yeah, I would love to do this. I'm very capable of this, but I'm not going to do this. I mean, we've always been, if you grew up in the church, then you're raised with one boundary for a job, which is don't work on Sundays, but there's a lot more to it. And I know for myself and for uh for Tracy and for so many other people working, not working on Sunday was never, was not always an option. If you can make it work, then like, that'd be great. Uh, but there's, there's just been so many different situations in each of our lives that we need to take into account. And as they come up, as they go away, we need to make sure that we have set those boundaries and that we're not going to give way to them. There is an incredible LinkedIn learning course available If you have LinkedIn Premium and have access to LinkedIn Learning, I highly recommend taking this course. It's only about 20 to 30 minutes. It's called Being Your Own Fierce Self-Advocate. It's specifically targeted towards women in the workplace because this speaker brings up a lot about how she has become like this advocate for women in the workplace and helping women to reach their full potential with their professional lives. She opens the entire program by stating that women are 33% more likely to accept a lower pay grade than men because they want to be more accommodating. And because of that, it sets them up for failure and for, I think she said it was like a 70% difference overall in their pay scale as time goes on. For example, the man who starts in the same position gets hired at $55,000 a year and the woman got hired at like forty-five. dollars Going forward, his pay grade is going to be higher than hers no matter what because that's the limit that he already set. And so promotions will go forward and he will continue to make more and more money because she did not negotiate or value herself at the same level as her male counterpart. So once again, go back, watch Being Your Own Fierce Self-Advocate on LinkedIn Learning. It was very eye-opening and fascinating for me to learn about this, and I definitely think that it plays into how we establish and set professional boundaries for ourselves in the workplace as well. And as you dive into the professional world, whether or not you're starting out, whether you've been in there for a while, consider the boundaries that you have set, consider the boundaries that you want, and consider how you can start moving forward with them because it can do you so much good. It will help you with your mental health, with your emotional health, can help with your spiritual health as well. Like it can do so much for you if you set those boundaries. All right. So diving into our next section is spiritual boundaries. Okay. So on the LDS.org blog website, Katie Barrett wrote a piece about being overworked and spent in the church titled Enough Already. In it, she said, am I saying yes when I re- when I should really be saying no or not entirely? I know I've been there. Actually, in the spirit of honesty, I'll admit I'm currently there. 
I am a people pleaser. I want to say yes. I want to make other people's lives lighter by doing my part. And there's even some self-interest involved too. I feel good when I'm able to sweep in and save the day. But there's a flip side to all this seemingly altruistic behavior, and it often manifests itself in the form of stress, frustration, and resentment. So she went on to quote Dr. Brene Brown, who said, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. We can't base our own worthiness on others' approval. And this is coming from someone who spent years trying to please everyone. Only when we believe deep down that we are enough can we say enough. That is so good. I love that reflection as well because when I first heard the idea of like setting boundaries, I was like, okay, that sounds kind of mean. Like, I don't like be pushing people away. I have a hard enough time as it is keeping people in my life because I'm always moving or saying something sassy, so on. But that's exactly what it is. It's about having the courage to love ourselves. We deserve to be treated as humans, as children of God. We deserve love and respect and People are not always going to try and give that to us. They're going to take us for granted. It's just how it happens. Even those who love us are going to take us for granted sometimes. And so what we need to do is make sure that we are at the very least, we are the advocates for ourselves. We have the courage to love ourselves so that when people try to do otherwise, we can remind them and say, hey, no, I am this person. I deserve to be loved. If you cannot treat me in a better way, then you're not going to have me in my life because you don't deserve me. The biggest thing that we can remember is what you just said, is that we have to be the advocates for ourselves. No one is going to advocate for you, whether it's professionally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, anything. Nobody is going to advocate for your well-being, best interests, anything. You have to be the one that is advocating for your best interest for your safety, for your health, for your mental wellness. You have to be the one advocating for yourself. And the way that you do that is by setting boundaries, establishing them and enforcing them. Yes, that can be misconstrued as people say, I'm like, okay, like we need to help each other though. And yes, we do need to help people, but we need to be able to help ourselves first. And we need people to be able to help themselves in the in that way of setting those boundaries. Because we can think how we know other people should be treated. We can be like, okay, like, let's, you know, be like Jesus, let's love one another, and so on. But we're not always going to know how other people want their boundaries. We don't have the right to speak for them because they need to be able to speak for themselves. And then what we can do is help them in that process. I just want to make sure, like, that gets included. We really do have to be the advocates for ourselves in deciding who we are, what we want, and what we expect from other people around us. That's the only way to get anything out of that. I feel like there is a certain level of spiritual boundaries that we, well, like everything else, we don't discuss in the church. Like we know the struggle of wanting to serve in every position and to your fullest in the church sometimes, but it's not always possible. So we want to make sure that we say don't feel guilty or beat yourself up for turning down a calling. You have that right. You can skip church every once in a while whenever you need to because you need to rest or take care of your health. The Lord needs you at your best to do what he needs you to do. 
Like, I did not ever think it was a choice <laughs> to turn down a calling until someone said in their talk that they turned one down and they didn't give any reasons. And I spent like, like the rest of sacrament meeting, like trying to figure out why on earth they wouldn't accept a calling. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, they've been asked to do this clearly. You know, the bishop has talked to the Lord about this. Like, their name was especially chosen and so on. And so, like, I just had, like, all those, like, trust and expectations in, like, the whole process. I, like, eventually came to the terms that, yes, like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to know the reason why this person did not accept their calling. I don't need to know. But what I do need to know is that... You don't have to do that. You have that right. If I don't feel that I'm capable, that I have the time, that I can manage this in my life, then I do not need to accept a calling. We all have to figure out the paths that we take for ourselves. There's going to be a lot of trial and error, and that is okay. Setting boundaries is not always setting, uh, writing down a, a checklist. You're going to figure things out as you go. You're going to say, okay, this works, this doesn't. This works, this doesn't. And you just try it out as you go. And the important thing is, do what you can. Okay, also, so Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he said, For those of you who earnestly seek to bear another's burdens, it is important that you fortify yourself and build yourself back up when others expect so much of you and indeed take so much out of you. I have always been amazed that Jesus could sleep through a storm on the Sea of Galilee, so serious and severe that his experienced fishermen, fishermen disciples, thought the ship was going down. How tired is that? How many sermons can you give and blessings can you administer without being absolutely exhausted? The caregivers have to have care too. You have to have fuel in the tank before you can give it to others. I love that. That is so good. I really love that. It, it's so important. I remember when I heard that because I had never considered that. You think of Jesus. I mean, he's the ultimate human being to ever exist. Like beyond perfect. Come on. And I had never considered such an idea like that before. And I think that's very important. We need to know, we need to understand that we are going to get tired, that other people are going to get tired, that we need to take care of ourselves if we want to take care of others. We also need to understand that when people are setting their own boundaries with us and they don't have the time or ability to, to be helping us out when we want it. We need to take care of numero uno before we take care of everybody else. All right, so now we're going to talk about how we know if our boundaries are being crossed. And this one I feel like is very important because you aren't always going to be sure. And sometimes you'll feel like a boundary is crossed that you didn't even know was a boundary. And you need to be attuned to that as well. So back to Dr. Kamen's article, she says, quote, to identify when your boundaries are being crossed, stay in t stay tuned into your feelings. Red flags include discomfort, resentment, stress, anxiety, guilt, and fear. These feelings stem from feeling taken advantage of or not feeling appreciated. Do the following statements ring true? I can't make my own decisions. I can't ask for what I need. I can't say no. I feel criticized. I feel responsible for their feelings. I seem to take on their moods, and I am often nervous, anxious, or resentful around them. End quote. 
So she goes on to explain that if any of these statements ring true to you in a relationship of any kind, whether it's professional, romantic, family, friendship, etc., then your boundaries are being crossed. And you need to take time to reflect on what moments are triggering those feelings and those thoughts and what you need to do to establish a boundary so that way that doesn't happen again in the future. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about how to establish and to enforce those boundaries because once you recognize that a boundary you didn't know you had was being crossed, you need to do something about it. We know it's hard to actually take actions toward someone to enforce a boundary. We both have experience with that. It's it's not fun. Seriously. And like, it's really hard to already be in a in any kind of relationship, such as like with your family even and decide this isn't working for me. I need to set a boundary now. That is hard. That is scary. It's uncomfortable. And it does not always go well. But you still deserve to feel comfortable in your own skin and in the relationships that you have chosen to keep. And you need to love yourself enough to ask for what you want. Exactly. So here are some ideas of ways to start setting boundaries in your life so that way you can like get started on them today. These are just a few. There are many more options that you can set, but these are a great baseline for you to start thinking about and training yourself to create these boundaries in your life. You can say no to tasks that you don't want to do or don't have time to do in your life. You can say yes to yourself for asking for help say yes to other people for offering help as well. You can say thank you with no apology, no regret, and no shame. You can ask for help with no apology, regret, or shame as well. You can delegate tasks, especially if you are in like a job, delegate tasks to people that either work under you or work with you. If you are in a calling, delegate tasks to your counselors if you have them or to other people in your quorum. If you are in a home where you are the parent, delegate tasks to your spouse or your children. Just delegate as much as possible. Protect your time. Don't overcommit to things. Like we already said, make sure that you know that you have time just for yourself. Even if it's just like 15 minutes where you're taking time for yourself, do not commit to doing something else during those 15 minutes that are just for you. Protect your time. Ask for space. Again, we all need our own time. We all need a moment to think and process things as necessary, so ask for a minute. Speak up if you feel uncomfortable with how someone is treating you or if your needs are being infringed upon. You have to say something. If you don't say something, people are never going to know that they're treating you poorly or that your personal needs are not being met or are being interfered with and you need to say something. Honor what is important to you by choosing to put yourself first. Drop the guilt and responsibility for other people. You are not responsible for other people in your life. And finally, Share personal information gradually and in a mutual way. It is give and take. You do not have to give every bit of information about yourself right away, and the other person does not have to give every bit of information about themselves right away either. It should be equal give and take. You should know just as much about one another. All right, so yeah, so there's plenty more options we know that you can set that you can work on, but these this is a good 
really good baseline to start thinking about and training yourself on how you can create these boundaries and set them with people within your life. So I really like what Dr. Sharon Martin says when she wrote down, the truth is that setting boundaries can disrupt relationship systems. You will probably get resistance. Sometimes this resistance isn't as bad as you imagined. Other times there is a real danger. If you think that setting a boundary will put you in serious harm, please get help. That is so important to consider. It is really hard to gauge how people will accept boundaries when they're enforced. As much as you think you know a person, you really don't. People often bristle when this kind of thing happens because they don't understand. They feel that they feel it's very personal, but it doesn't mean that every person who has to have the boundaries reinforced upon will react badly. Most people will accept it. They will apologize and keep moving forward. However, there are instances where boundaries are enforced and people take it terribly and aggressively. If someone does take it aggressively or they threaten you or use physical or emotional violence against you, call for backup and seek help through domestic violence hotlines or with loved ones. Yeah, don't just do it on your own. I can honestly say that I have been the physical and emotional backup for someone when they were either reestablishing a boundary or leaving a relationship that was emotionally or physically abusive. I think I'm a scary person. <laughs> I have a good mean face when I need it. And I for sure, I will kill someone if they try to cross me. I will do it and I will not feel bad about it. But you don't need someone who is just going to be there to like be your muscle. You just need another person there with you if you're afraid that the situation is going to escalate violently. If you're not, then don't worry about it. All right, back to careercontessa.com. They talk about drawing professional boundaries and teach how to communicate and establish these boundaries really well. So even though it's meant for professional boundaries, I felt like it crossed over to all of the boundaries in our lives because they explain that you first need to decide what your boundaries are. Um, So like in a professional setting, for example, it could be that you won't answer emails after 6 p.m. or you won't do work that someone else was supposed to do that you have no purview of. And then you need to communicate that boundary to people. So you need to make sure that your boundaries are explained to the people within your network, whether they are friends, coworkers, your boss, family members, etc. And we actually did do an episode about how to communicate physical or intimacy boundaries in our first season in episode 15. So in this episode, just to review what happened, um, we talked about Peter's season of The Bachelor and how Madison, who was in the final three, was unable to talk about her intimacy boundaries with The Bachelor, but she could talk about it with every woman on the show and every single producer on the show. She made it more difficult than necessary to discuss her stance on sex before marriage, and she just assumed that Peter could tell where her boundaries were without her communicating them. So listen back to the episode, hear what happened, hear what the result was, and how you should be communicating these boundaries. But for us right now, communicating a boundary is never fun. And it's almost always awkward on one side of the conversation or another. However, like we've already shared, it is an important conversation that you need to have. 
It doesn't matter what kind of boundary it is. Once you communicate the boundary, there is no longer any guesswork or confusion about what you can or cannot do, what the other person can or cannot do, and etc. The guesswork, the confusion, everything is gone and it is clear. And then after you communicate the boundary, you now have an established baseline. And it's your job to keep communicating this boundary each time someone toes the line or if they cross it. The career contessa has a really great quote about what to do when you're setting boundaries and enforcing them. They say, quote, while you're out there setting boundaries, you will experience pushback and infractions. Building boundaries is not an overnight process, and some people are unaware that they're constantly crossing them. Don't view boundary breaking as a step back. Instead, use it as an opportunity to instruct your coworkers, or in our cases, anyone else in your life, on how you best communicate, when it's appropriate to disrupt you, if ever, and what they can realistically expect from you, end quote. And once you have that communication set up, it becomes easier with every conversation that you have. It'll continuously get easier the more practice you have in establishing and communicating these boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I feel like this is getting more talk just in the public sphere of um, people wanting consent before any form of physical intimacy. Like people are saying, yes, you need to have verbal consent is really the only way to really know whether or not you have consent. And yes, it's going to be awkward and it's going to be weird and silly at first. But like Tracy said, it's going to get easier as you go on. Within a while, like you can get to the point where it's like, okay, like this is cool, right? Like, okay, is this okay? Like, and then it's just super casual and you are communicating in a very clear way where you can be vulnerable, honest, and strong together all at once. So important. And it's going to be harder to do it in other spheres. Um, because it's a little bit harder to tell, but it's still worth doing that to make sure that everything is super clear. I grew up in a very passive aggressive household where you don't really talk about things that bother you. You just go to your room and scream and then come back out and pretend nothing happened. Very late, I finally began to learn what boundaries are and how I can set them because I have very strong boundaries. But like, you gotta have them, you gotta set them and you gotta work with them and you gotta make people work with them. Yeah. So to wrap up everything from today, there's another quote from the same blog post that we shared on LDS.org where she says, quote, the truth is we don't have an endless supply of time, energy, and resources. We can't be everywhere and do everything for ourselves and everyone else. We are only human after all, but we can support and serve others while maintaining our well-being. The key to this balance is setting healthy boundaries, end quote. So to some of our listeners, this whole topic and episode may sound like a no-brainer. For those of you that are like well-versed and great at setting and establishing and enforcing boundaries, like kudos to you. Yes. We are proud of you. Stay amazing. Go get a cookie because you've earned it. Like you really are great. But for us, as you've heard throughout this episode, we are still learning and grappling with setting and enforcing boundaries in our own lives. We hope that we've given you ideas, resources, tools, and encouragement sufficient enough for you all to feel empowered and able to create, set, and enforce boundaries in your own lives. We have already said this 
so much. This is something that the two of us are constantly working on in all aspects of our lives. Even in our podcasting life, we are working on establishing boundaries too. It just, it takes time and it takes concentrated effort. We know that as we work diligently on this, we will be able to improve our ability to set and enforce boundaries in the future, and we will have happier, healthier overall lives if we are maintaining these boundaries, because that's ultimately what we care about, is having a happy, healthy life in all aspects of it. Exactly. Amen to all of that. The benefits will come from you setting boundaries, even if it's very difficult in the moment. They may not appear as benefits to other people at times, but it's going to benefit you greatly. It's going to bring you peace. It's going to give you time. It's going to help you regain your energy. You're going to get so much out of this and you're going to be in a better place for setting these boundaries. Absolutely. So take some time, review what we've talked about today. Think about the priorities in your life and how you are going to establish your own boundaries to maintain those priorities. Because I promise you from my own experience, it was a revelatory experience and I had a lot of eye-opening moments figuring out my priorities and my boundaries for my for every aspect of my life. So I highly recommend doing that. Please do. And as you do, feel free to share your stories with us. We'd love to hear from you and see how you've been learning to set boundaries and how you're putting that kind of good energy into your life. Once again, thank you guys for listening today. Thank you. We will catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. We are just getting started. We are here. We're doing this. We have an awesome topic today that I have been wanting to talk about for a while because I feel that this topic needs to be talked about more often. And it is definitely something that is not really acknowledged within the church. And it's something that truly is not taught anywhere. Like you have to figure this topic out on your own. Unless you go to a therapist. Yes. That is pretty much the only place that I've heard of anyone learning about this from someone else. Yeah. That's not the way it should be. It is something that I think like everyone needs to be teaching. It's something that should be taught in the home, like with your friends and family. It should also be taught in more public places, like in school and so on and church. Mm -hmm. Drum roll. Today we are talking about boundaries. Yeah. Boom. Here it is. Especially because it's the title of our episode. So (laughs) they're like, it's not a secret. Never a secret. (laughs) Never a surprise. We just like to act like it is. But it's it's a very important topic because there's so much that goes into it that really affects us on a on a regular basis in the in the lives that we are living. I mean, how often do we feel overwhelmed, burned out, or just like we're hanging by a thread in our personal, professional, and church lives? Pretty much all the time. I feel like a lot of people had burnout like five years ago, no, three years ago. And then like we've just been like struggling along ever since. Yeah. It's crazy. But the thing is, like, because we've been taught that we need to consecrate our time, talents, and energy to building the kingdom of God on earth and uplifting or serving those around us, we often forget that we need to be reinvesting that same energy and time into ourselves. Like it says in Mosiah chapter 4, verse 27, 
See that all these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. To me, that just means don't get overexcited. And I'm like, definitely not. I'm not going to get that excited. And I'm definitely not going to run. So (laughs) check. I I always think of it in the literal sense of the like, well, duh, I'm not going to run. I don't run. Like, Like, obviously. obviously. (laughs) But honestly, that verse has become like my mantra almost over the last few months, especially as I've been trying to figure out like employment, my life, my future, everything. The Lord has been constantly reminding me with this verse that I need to just calm down and take things one step at a time and to not try to force myself to do more than I'm actually capable of. So if anything, this lesson is really meant for, or this episode is really meant for me and how I need to learn how to draw boundaries with myself. Um, so yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about that. We're going to talk about what they are, how crucial they are in relationships and in our personal lives and in our professional lives and beyond, and then how to create and enforce boundaries because creating them is great, but they're worthless if we don't enforce them. Seriously. All right. So let's dive right in. So what exactly is a boundary? Well, Dr. Sharon Martin, a psychotherapist in San Jose, California, wrote an informative piece for her website titled, What are Boundaries and Why Do I Need Them? She said, a boundary is an imaginary line that separates me from you. They separate your physical space, your feelings, needs, and responsibilities from others. Your boundaries also tell other people how they can treat you, what's acceptable and what isn't. Without boundaries, people may take advantage of you because you haven't set limits about how you expect to be treated. She continues to say, when a boundary is crossed, you need to provide feedback saying it's not okay. The boundary is worthless if you don't enforce it by giving feedback and consequences. Some people will easily accept a boundary and others will continue to challenge and escalate it. Facts. Well said. So simply put, boundaries are like a line that you draw in the sand that are there to express your physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual limits. If someone crosses that line, then it's up to you to enforce the line and correct the action. Basically, if you let someone cross it, then you're either saying, yes, go ahead, do that. um, Or you need to be able to say, no, go back to the other side. This is not okay. This is my space, my side of the line. Okay, so Dr. Martin then gives a story as an example, which really helps to illustrate the concept and point of boundaries. So we're going to summarize it because it was really long to read. Think of a boundary as a property line. You own a house and your neighbor comes into your yard every morning to bring your newspaper from your driveway to your doorstep. After dropping off the newspaper, she picks a few flowers from your yard. You obviously feel annoyed, but you don't want to say anything not wanting to be a difficult neighbor. Months pass. The neighbor continues to do this and now lets her dog play, poop in, and tear up your yard. You still don't say anything and time moves on and your annoyance continues. Finally, one day you come home from work and you find your neighbor's kids playing in your yard. They're trampling over your garden, leaving trash and toys scattered all over the place. At this point, you blow up on your neighbor because they have clearly taken over your yard as their own. Obviously, the neighbor has behaved badly. However, your neighbor didn't know that you didn't like it when she picked flowers, let her dog, or her children play in your yard. 
That's rough. Okay, so she emphasizes that the point is when you don't speak up and say that a boundary has been crossed, it gives the impression that you're okay with it. It would have been better for everyone from the beginning if they had said, Hi, neighbor. I'm sure you didn't realize it, but I like to bring my own paper in, and so please don't pick the flowers in my yard. There is still accountability on us to act because I want to immediately say like, okay, you shouldn't have to deal with this, which you shouldn't. It's clear that that person is doing something wrong, but there is a very valid point that needs to be understood here that we are accountable for setting those boundaries in our lives as scary, as hard, and as complicated as it might feel at any given moment in the beginning while you're doing it or afterwards, or, you know, no matter how they react to you you still have to do something. And even though it is very challenging and difficult to do so, we still have to enforce the boundary. Boundaries will not always be taken well by the other person that you're enforcing them to. The neighbors are escalating it and saying, you're being mean because you're saying that we can't do what we want on your property, essentially. But the thing is, like, you kind of have to be the a-hole when your boundaries are being crossed and if you're going to enforce it. You have to do it and you have permission to be the a-hole in that situation. Okay, I do want to add one more thing to that though. So I haven't seen this account for a little while, but there was a TikTok account um, on the mental health side of TikTok where they would replay instances of people someone requesting a boundary and attempting to enforce it and then having the other person essentially refuse you know say what they want to and then walk away and then ends with that person who's tried to enforce the boundary still reassure themselves afterwards and say hey I did my best to set a boundary I have done what I can in this situation to protect myself that person is not listening, so they don't have my best interest at heart, and that is something for me to better understand now. We'll have to just go from there. It bugs me, but I completely understand that because we're not always going to be in this, the right situation where our boundaries are going to be willingly accepted. I can see a lot of different, like, I don't want to say like power situations, but like children trying to set boundaries with their parents who might be like a little bit pushy or something. Like, that's may not always work out well. I mean, if you're if you're like a teenager living at home, it's going to be very hard to control or create boundaries. But it's, it's still important to keep working on them. I can just see where there's going to be instances where we're going to struggle to have any final say in it. You are correct because if you are setting a boundary and enforcing the boundary and the other person is reacting negatively like that, and giving you pushback, it just solidifies the fact that you need to push back even further. Like, don't get violent about it, obviously, but like your boundary is there to protect you and will ultimately help you to gain the respect of other people. If these people are pushing against you, it's because they think that they can control and manipulate you. And if that's their mentality, then like you said, they are showing you their true colors And you, one, do not have to tolerate that in your life, so you can choose to not engage with them any further. If it's a situation where, you know, you obviously have to continue engaging with them, like you said, a teenager and a parent, you just need to be more clear and say, like, you're crossing a boundary. This is a problem. We need to work on this. Exactly. And that leads into this quote by Stephanie Kamins, the clinical director for Road to Growth Counseling in Denver, Colorado. She wrote, quote, 
boundaries protect your personal self by setting a clear line between what is me and what is not me. A lack of boundaries opens the door for others to determine your thoughts, feelings, and needs. Defining boundaries is a process of determining what behavior you will accept from others and what you will not, end quote. And so I just think that that's an important thing to highlight that aside from creating that like protection line, you are also determining what behavior you will tolerate from other people and what you will not. So if people are trying to like be rude, abrasive, talk down to you, and your boundary is that you will not tolerate that, then you need to enforce that and make sure that you are not going to allow them to be speaking to you in that manner in the future. Sometimes, honestly, the only thing you're going to be able to do is walk away, which is very unfortunate because, you know, we want people to be able to respect us, to to treat us with dignity and with love. But there's going to be instances where we're going to just have to say, this person does not really care. If they cared, they would be listening. And it's time for me to step away now. So now we're going to go into the different types of boundaries. I'm just going to read the list of the boundaries first, and then we're going to break them down a little bit further. So they are physical, emotional, professional, spiritual, and I'm sure there are many others, but those are the ones that we're going to focus on right now. So to start out, we're going to talk about physical boundaries. And Dr. Caymans once again explains that Physical boundaries include your body, your personal space, and privacy. Violations can include standing too close, inappropriate touching, or even looking through your personal files or your cell phone. Physical boundaries are going to be the most obvious ones to pay attention to. Like, they'll be obviously obvious when you see them happening to other people and they're happening to you. When you're looking to explore boundaries with someone else in any way, not just obvious, also in our eyes to see but to understand as well like we all have our you know our own personal bubble and we know exactly when someone is invading it whereas for the other ones it's a little bit harder to see or sense or understand in a few ways at least to like put it into words but it's something that we do need to be very careful about when we are with other people so that we understand what their boundaries are so that we can be sensitive to their concerns to what they are comfortable with as well as making sure that we are setting proper boundaries with other with those other people for ourselves so that we know okay I'm comfortable sitting next to you but I don't want you actually like touching me like and no you're not gonna touch my phone you're not gonna go through and search for my security my social security number or something honestly from a church that focuses so much on chastity, we really don't talk about establishing physical boundaries at all. No, they just say no petting. Yeah, no petting, no necking, which like, I still don't know what that is at 31. Like, I I don't know what that is. And I don't want anyone to tell me what that is. Thank you. No, please don't. We we don't want that. That is a boundary we have set. We spend so much time talking about chastity and like we never talk about what physical limits or like boundaries are in relationships and we don't know what they are until we're actually in them. No. Okay, I just oh my gosh, I just had a memory. Um so this is like right when my older sister was starting to date. So I was like around like 14 at like my most awkward worst phase. Everyone's the worst at 14. <laughs> Like, mostly everything was internal, so, like, that's, like, good and bad, but I remember my mom talking to her her friend, and they were getting concerned about their children wanting to hug people of the opposite gender. Hug? 
Yes, because it was just it was just too much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I remember like I was in that I I was in a weird spot. So I was like, yes, that is weird. I should never hug anyone ever. I mean, that's kind of the person I've always kind of been. Like, I only want to hug very specific people. Like, we have to be good friends. I just think back now, I'm just like, oh my gosh, 16 year olds hugging. Oh my gosh, that's the least of <laughs> your worries, y'all. Honestly, yes, it's so funny. But I mean, at any age, you should be setting boundaries for yourself. You do not set them for other people. And also with age, we gain wisdom, we learn. So there's going to be opportunities for us to reevaluate our boundaries and change them as we go. And as for me, it'll be the same for everyone else where you have certain boundaries set for different people. That's enough rambling. We're diving now into emotional, <laughs> emotional boundaries. So Dr. Caymans explains, emotional boundaries involve separating your feelings from another's feelings. Emotional boundaries fall into the categories of time, emotions, energy, and values. Healthy emotional boundaries come from believing that you are okay just the way you are. Commit to letting go of fixing others taking responsibility for the outcomes of others' choices, saving or rescuing others, needing to be needed, changing yourself to be liked, or depending on others' approval. She also cautions people to be aware of emotional traps that people can lay in relationships by evaluating if these scenarios seem familiar to you. Here's a few phrases that if you catch yourself thinking, it might be a good time for you to reevaluate some things. So one concept is, I am nobody if I'm not in a relationship. My identity comes from my partner and I will do anything to make this person happy. Okay, more specifically, it makes me think of Anne Perkins from Parks and Rec, where she realizes like, how, I don't know which season it was like three or four, where she takes on the identity of all of her significant others when during the time she's dating them. She wears plaid with this guy. She becomes she gets into exercise with this guy. She becomes a new person or a different side of herself with every relationship. There's a difference between becoming interested in the things that your partner is interested in versus letting his or her interests become everything about your life from then on. Yes. Like, be interested, be involved in their life, but don't let that be the only thing about your life. All right. There can be a healthy balance there. So another one is, this is better than the last relationship I was in. You should never be in a relationship just to be in a relationship. You deserve more than that. Um, another phrase is, my partner would be lost without me. That is dangerous, as cute as people like to uh, conceptualize that sometimes. If your partner is lost without you, then you're basically saying that they need you to survive and you have to be with them so that they can survive. Rightfully codependent, and that's a problem. Yes, exactly. There's a difference between codependence and interdependence. And so you two really need to be your own people in order to be together properly in a, in a healthy manner. Um, another one is, if I just give it more time, the relationship will get better. Yeah, no. No. Um, <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <them>. <laughs> just. just 
Just walk away. <laughs> Honestly, like, here's what I always say. If you are in a new relationship, like if you've been together for like, we'll say three months, because that's like the happy honeymoon, wonderful time, right? Uh-huh. When everything the other person does is sunshine and rainbows, and they just crap joy and love, okay? If it's not working or good during the honeymoon phase of a relationship, it's not going to get better. And you need to get out. And that goes the same for marriages as well. If you are married to someone and within the first few months of your marriage, the quote unquote honeymoon phase, it is not good. It probably will not get better. Oh, unfortunately. Well, then on top of that, no matter how long your relationship has gone on as well, Mm -hmm. time doesn't really fix things like that. You actually do need to put in, I mean, time can help be a be an important factor but it's not going to be the thing that heals a relationship you're going to need to put in certain certain work to make something better and if that work doesn't happen then there's nothing that time can do so you shouldn't be putting everything on hold you shouldn't just be waiting something out in the hopes that things will come together on their own also just because you've been together for an extended period of time does not mean that they owe you anything like marriage nope if they don't want to marry you now they probably won't want to marry you in five years or 10 years or however many years down the road just if you know that you want to get married and they are not willing to do that for you it is time to end that and move on amen anyways continuing on (laughs) All right, last one, last phrase is, most of the time, the relationship is great. Okay, well, occasionally it is, and that's enough for me. That's taking the idea that settling is okay, and I feel like too many people do this. No, we we shouldn't settle. Don't settle. Just We need to value our relationships, and we need to be putting value into them. But if you're not getting anything out of them, if it's because it just isn't working out, if it's because your significant other isn't putting in anything of worth either, then things just aren't going to work out. And you shouldn't be in a relationship with just, you know, one foot in. The trick is to actually be truly and wholeheartedly invested in it. And if you're not, if your significant other is not interested, then if they're not investing their time, then it's not going to work out and you shouldn't have to waste your time or your emotions on something like that. Exactly. It's just like you said earlier, you should not be in a relationship just to be in a relationship, just to avoid being single. If you know that this relationship is not ideal, if you know that it is not great all of the time or most of the time, then you should not be in this relationship. We understand that relationships aren't perfect and wonderful and happy unicorns smiling all the time. We get that. Even our podcasting relationship is not sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns all the time. (laughs) But we know that the good outweighs the bad any day. And if the good outweighs the bad any day in your relationships, then it's worthwhile. But if the bad is outweighing the good, you should not stick to that relationship if you're clinging to a handful of rosy moments when you've got a whole bucket of crap beside you there's focus on the crap and not the rose (laughs) yes so if any of those scenarios or uh uh, phrases seem familiar to you at all you may need to work on establishing emotional boundaries is it easy no but it's going to be worth it in the long run my favorite 
part is just how we're giving all this relationship advice and we're both single. Hey, it's because we set really good emotional boundaries. Yes, we did. <laughs> so good. No, I know I did in all of my relationships and that's why I am not with yeah. any of them anymore. Oh, I started to say, oh no. And then I'm like, no, good for you. Tracy. I set really good emotional and, and physical boundaries and they don't like to respect that. So they get Ugh. kicked to the curb. Anyways, good. so the next one is professional boundaries. So what's really entertaining is when I was researching this episode, the Lord was trying to teach me that I needed to set professional boundaries and I needed to figure out what my professional boundaries were. So this part was very personal to me. Yeah, it's something that I definitely need more in my life and I have been thinking about it. And since I've I've just started a new job and it's something that I do want to set for myself because in my last job, I did not. And it sucked. Yeah, same. So, all right, lead us right in. All right, so careercontessa.com is a website established specifically for female professionals to learn from expert advice, mentoring, and courses to develop in their careers. In an article on this website titled How to Have Healthy Boundaries at Work, it says, quote, Your boundaries will stem from your values and your life's priorities. Any job worth having recognizes that it is, first and foremost, a job. Aside from your work, you have your home life, your relationships, your passions, and your personal space to consider. Before you communicate your boundaries, you'll have to take the time to assess them, their limits, and how to set them, end quote. They suggest four professional boundaries that we need to establish, but there are countless others that each individual needs to think about and establish on their own. So they say, quote, know your limits, time, workload, etc. Know the scope of your professional responsibilities and delegate as necessary. Keep relationships professional, meaning separate your friends from your coworkers. And finally, take time off, meaning when you get it, when you need it, and when it's offered use the time that you're given, end quote. Oh my gosh. Yes. Use all the free time you can get. You deserve it. The company doesn't care one way or the other. Not really. So please use it. I, oh my gosh. Yes. Here's the thing. So I have shared my experiences working in a very terrible, toxic workplace before on this podcast. I'm going to explain how I basically showed them I had no boundaries whatsoever. I was willing to work any hours all the time. Most weeks I was working between 50 and 70 hours a week, which is absurd for someone who was in my pay grade. I was not getting paid nearly enough for the work that I was doing. In the three years that I was an assistant restaurant manager, I called in sick twice. Oh my gosh. Only twice because at this job they made it seem like if you were calling in sick, you were causing so many problems in the department. Yes. And you were hindering everything. So I worked with bronchitis. I worked with pneumonia. I worked with... You worked with like your sprained ankle. Yeah. I worked with a sprained ankle that I could not stand on for more than 15 minutes an hour. I basically let them say and do whatever they wanted with me. I mean, we all know how the story goes. Like, I ended up leaving that job and getting absolutely nothing for it. 
the Lord has been trying to show me like over the last few weeks as I've been doing a temp job and as I've been like working on finding a new career, the Lord has been like, what are your priorities in your life? Because for three to five years, your number one priority was your job and that did not get you anywhere. And that did not set you up for any kind of success, whether it was financial, spiritual, emotional, mental, definitely not mental. It like screwed me over mentally. The Lord has been trying to teach me like, what are your actual priorities in your life? Do you care more about having a relationship with your heavenly parents? Do you care more about professional development? Do you care more about making money? Do you care more about who you want to become? Like, what are your actual goals and priorities for your life? And then in order to keep those priorities in order and not let one of the lesser things move up to the top spot, what boundaries do you need to put in place professionally so you can keep that? It was like a revelatory experience reading for this episode and at the same time interviewing for a couple jobs because I was immediately like, this job will not allow me to have my set priorities. It will definitely take top priority and I do not want that. And so I was just writing off jobs immediately. It is important. You need to establish these boundaries in the workplace because if you don't, you are setting yourself up to be overworked, to be underpaid, and to be literally abused by a corporation that does not care about you. You are also setting yourself up for not receiving promotions because they will consider you a pushover for not having those boundaries in place. And they will be like, oh, well, this person will do like whatever we want. But we know that like Kaylee has like these goals and ambitions to become like a CEO. And if she doesn't hit this goal by like the end of this year, then she's going to leave. And so we have to promote Kaylee first, even though she's come in later than this other person and blah, blah, blah. Like, you are setting yourself up for failure if you don't establish boundaries in your professional life. Agreed. Um, we're not going to dive too much into gender differences, I think, here. But I think that's something that women have not been taught in general to do. We've been taught to be more accommodating, whereas men are races go after what they want, to chase down what they want. And for me, my policy was always like, I will get into this job and see what kind of boundaries I should set then, which does not work. It doesn't work, you guys. So you need to be doing this before you take on those jobs as you are applying for jobs and so on, because you need to be able to say during those interviews to your potential bosses saying like, yeah, I'd love to do this. I'm very capable of this, but I'm not going to do this. I mean, we've always been... If you grew up in the church, then you're raised with one boundary for a job, which is don't work on Sundays. But there's a lot more to it. And I know for myself and for uh, for Tracy and for so many other people, working not working on Sunday was never was not always an option. If you can make it work, then like that'd be great. Uh, but there's there's just been so many different situations in each of our lives that we need to take into account and. As they come up, as they go away, we need to make sure that we have set those boundaries and that we're not going to give way to them. There is an incredible LinkedIn learning course available. If you have LinkedIn Premium and have access to LinkedIn Learning, I highly recommend taking this course. It's only about 20 to 30 minutes. It's called Being Your Own Fierce Self-Advocate. 
it's specifically targeted towards women in the workplace because this speaker brings up a lot about how she has become like this advocate for women in the workplace and helping women to reach their full potential with their professional lives. She opens the entire program by stating that women are 33% more likely to accept a lower pay grade than men because they want to be more accommodating. And because of that, it sets them up for failure and for, I think she said it was like a 70% difference overall in their pay scale as time goes on. For example, the man who starts in the same position gets hired at $55,000 a year, and the woman got hired at like forty-five. dollars Going forward, his pay grade is going to be $10,000 higher than hers no matter what, because that's the limit that he already set. And so promotions will go forward, and he will continue to make more and more money because she did not negotiate or value herself at the same level as her male counterpart. So once again, go back watch Being Your Own Fierce Self-Advocate on LinkedIn Learning. It was very eye-opening and fascinating for me to learn about this, and I definitely think that it plays into how we establish and set professional boundaries for ourselves in the workplace as well. And as you dive into the professional world, whether or not you're starting out, whether you've been in there for a while, consider the boundaries that you have set, consider the boundaries that you want, and consider how you can start moving forward with them because it can do you so much good. It will help you with your mental health, with your emotional health, can help with your spiritual health as well. Like it can do so much for you if you set those boundaries. All right, so diving into our next section is spiritual boundaries. Okay, so on the LDS.org blog website, Katie Barrett wrote a piece about being overworked and spent in the church titled Enough Already. In it, she said, am I saying yes when I, re- when I should really be saying no or not entirely? I know I've been there. Actually, in the spirit of honesty, I'll admit I'm currently there. I am a people pleaser. I want to say yes. I want to make other people's lives lighter by doing my part. And there's even some self-interest involved too. I feel good when I'm able to sweep in and save the day. But there's a flip side to all this seemingly altruistic behavior, and it often manifests itself in the form of stress, frustration, and resentment. So she went on to quote Dr. Brene Brown, who said, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. We can't base our own worthiness on others' approval. And this is coming from someone who spent years trying to please everyone. Only when we believe deep down that we are enough can we say enough. That is so good. I love that reflection as well because when I first heard the idea of like setting boundaries, I was like, okay, that sounds kind of mean. Like, I don't like be pushing people away. I have a hard enough time as it is keeping people in my life because I'm always moving or saying something sassy, so on. But that's exactly what it is. It's about having the courage to love ourselves. We deserve to be treated as humans, as children of God. We deserve love and respect and People are not always going to try and give that to us. They're going to take us for granted. It's just how it happens. Even those who love us are going to take us for granted sometimes. And so what we need to do is make sure that we are at the very least 
we are the advocates for ourselves. We have the courage to love ourselves so that when people try to do otherwise, we can remind them and say, hey, no, I am this person. I deserve to be loved. If you cannot treat me in a better way, then you're not going to have me in my life because you don't deserve me. The biggest thing that we can remember is what you just said, is that we have to be the advocates for ourselves. No one is going to advocate for you, whether it's professionally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, anything. Nobody is going to advocate for your well-being, best interest, anything. You have to be the one that is advocating for your best interest, for your safety, for your health, for your mental wellness. You have to be the one advocating for yourself. And the way that you do that is by setting boundaries, establishing them and enforcing them. Yes, that can be misconstrued as people say, I'm like, okay, like we need to help each other though. And yes, we do need to help people, but we need to be able to help ourselves first. And we need people to be able to help themselves in the in that way of setting those boundaries. Because we can think how we know other people should be treated. We can be like, okay, like, let's, you know, be like Jesus, let's love one another, and so on. But we're not always going to know how other people want their boundaries. We don't have the right to speak for them because they need to be able to speak for themselves. And then what we can do is help them in that process. I just want to make sure, like, that gets included. We really do have to be the advocates for ourselves in deciding who we are, what we want, and what we expect from other people around us. That's the only way to get anything out of that. I feel like there is a certain level of spiritual boundaries that we, well, like everything else, we don't discuss in the church. Like we know the struggle of wanting to serve in every position and to your fullest in the church sometimes, but it's not always possible. So we want to make sure that we say don't feel guilty or beat yourself up for turning down a calling. You have that right. You can skip church every once in a while whenever you need to because you need to rest or take care of your health. The Lord needs you at your best to do what he needs you to do. Like I did not ever think it was a choice <laughs> to turn down a calling until someone said in their talk that they turned one down and they didn't give any reasons. And I spent like like the rest of sacrament meeting like trying to figure out why on earth they wouldn't accept a calling. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense. Like they've been asked to do this clearly. You know, the bishop has talked to the Lord about this. Like their name was especially chosen and so on. And so like, I just had like all this like trust and expectations and like the whole process. I like eventually came to the terms that yes, like, okay, I don't, I'm not going to know the reason why this person did not accept their calling. I don't need to know. But what I do need to know is that, you don't have to do that. You have that right. If I don't feel that I'm capable, that I have the time, that I can manage this in my life, then I do not need to accept a calling. We all have to figure out the paths that we take for ourselves. There's going to be a lot of trial and error, and that is okay. Setting boundaries is not always setting, uh, writing down a, a checklist. You're going to figure things out as you go. You're going to say, okay, this works, this doesn't. This works, this doesn't. And you just try it out as you go. And the important thing is, do what you can. Okay, also, so Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he said, For those of you who earnestly seek to bear another's burdens, it is important that you fortify yourself and build yourself back up when others expect so much of you and indeed take so much out of you. 
I have always been amazed that Jesus could sleep through a storm on the Sea of Galilee, so serious and severe that his experienced fishermen, fishermen disciples, thought the ship was going down. How tired is that? How many sermons can you give and blessings can you administer without being absolutely exhausted? The caregivers have to have care too. You have to have fuel in the tank before you can give it to others. I love that. That is so good. I really love that. It, it's so important. I remember when I heard that because I had never considered that. You think of Jesus. I mean, he's the ultimate human being to ever exist. Like, beyond perfect. Come on. And I had never considered such an idea like that before. And I think that's very important. We need to know, we need to understand that we are going to get tired, that other people are going to get tired, that we need to take care of ourselves if we want to take care of others. We also need to understand that when people are setting their own boundaries with us and they don't have the time or ability to to be helping us out when we want it. We need to take care of numero uno before we take care of everybody else. All right, so now we're going to talk about how we know if our boundaries are being crossed. And this one I feel like is very important because you aren't always going to be sure. And sometimes you'll feel like a boundary is crossed that you didn't even know was a boundary. And you need to be attuned to that as well. So back to Dr. Kamen's article, she says, quote, to identify when your boundaries are being crossed, stay in t- stay tuned into your feelings. Red flags include discomfort, resentment, stress, anxiety, guilt, and fear. These feelings stem from feeling taken advantage of or not feeling appreciated. Do the following statements ring true? I can't make my own decisions. I can't ask for what I need. I can't say no. I feel criticized. I feel responsible for their feelings. I seem to take on their moods, and I am often nervous, anxious, or resentful around them. End quote. So she goes on to explain that if any of these statements ring true to you in a relationship of any kind, whether it's professional, romantic, family, friendship, etc., then your boundaries are being crossed. And you need to take time to reflect on what moments are triggering those feelings and those thoughts and what you need to do to establish a boundary so that way that doesn't happen again in the future. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about how to establish and to enforce those boundaries because once you recognize that a boundary you didn't know you had was being crossed, you need to do something about it. We know it's hard to actually take actions towards someone to enforce a boundary. We both have experience with that. It's it's not fun. Seriously. And like it's really hard to already be in a in any kind of relationship, such as like with your family even, and decide this isn't working for me. I need to set a boundary now. That is hard, that is scary, it's uncomfortable, and it does not always go well. But you still deserve to feel comfortable in your own skin and in the relationships that you have chosen to keep. And you need to love yourself enough to ask for what you want. Exactly. So here are some ideas of ways to start setting boundaries in your life so that way you can like get started on them today. These are just a few. There are many more options that you can set, but these are a great baseline for you to start thinking about and training yourself to create these boundaries in your life. 
you can say no to tasks that you don't want to do or don't have time to do in your life. You can say yes to yourself for asking for help. Say yes to other people for offering help as well. You can say thank you with no apology, no regret, and no shame. You can ask for help with no apology, regret, or shame as well. You can delegate tasks, especially if you are in like a job. Delegate tasks to people that either work under you or work with you. If you are in a calling, delegate tasks to your counselors if you have them or to other people in your quorum. If you are in a home where you are the parent, delegate tasks to your spouse or your children. Just delegate as much as possible. Protect your time. Don't overcommit to things. Like we already said, make sure that you know that you have time just for yourself. Even if it's just like 15 minutes where you're taking time for yourself, do not commit to doing something else during those 15 minutes that are just for you. Protect your time. Ask for space. Again, we all need our own time. We all need a moment to think and process things as necessary, so ask for a minute. Speak up if you feel uncomfortable with how someone is treating you or if your needs are being infringed upon. You have to say something. If you don't say something, people are never going to know that they're treating you poorly or that your personal needs are not being met or are being interfered with and you need to say something. Honor what is important to you by choosing to put yourself first. Drop the guilt and responsibility for other people. You are not responsible for other people in your life. And finally, share personal information gradually and in a mutual way. It is give and take. You do not have to give every bit of information about yourself right away. And the other person does not have to give every bit of information about themselves right away either should be equal give and take you should know just as much about one another all right so yeah so there's plenty more options we know that you can set that you can work on but these this is a good really good baseline to start thinking about and training yourself on how you can create these boundaries and set them with people within your life so i really like what dr sharon martin says when she wrote down the truth is that setting boundaries can disrupt relationship systems you will probably get resistance. Sometimes this resistance isn't as bad as you imagined. Other times there is a real danger. If you think that setting a boundary will put you in serious harm, please get help. That is so important to consider. It is really hard to gauge how people will accept boundaries when they're enforced. As much as you think you know a person, you really don't. People often bristle when this kind of thing happens because they don't understand. They feel that they feel it's very personal, but it doesn't mean that every person who has to have the boundaries reinforced upon will react badly. Most people will accept it. They will apologize and keep moving forward. However, there are instances where boundaries are enforced and people take it terribly and aggressively. If someone does take it aggressively or they threaten you or use physical or emotional violence against you, call for backup and seek help through domestic violence hotlines or with loved ones. Yeah, don't just do it on your own. I can honestly say that I have been the physical and emotional backup for someone when they were either reestablishing a boundary or leaving a relationship that was emotionally or physically abusive. 
I think I'm a scary person. <laughs> I have a good mean face when I need it. And I for sure. I will kill someone if they try to cross me. I will do it and I will not feel bad about it. But you don't need someone who is just going to be there to like be your muscle. You just need another person there with you if you're afraid that the situation is going to escalate violently. If you're not, then don't worry about it. All right, back to careercontessa.com. They talk about drawing professional boundaries and teach how to communicate and establish these boundaries really well. So even though it's meant for professional boundaries, I felt like it crossed over to all of the boundaries in our lives because they explain that you first need to decide what your boundaries are. Um, So like in a professional setting, for example, it could be that you won't answer emails after 6 p.m. or you won't do work that someone else was supposed to do that you have no purview of. And then you need to communicate that boundary to people. So you need to make sure that your boundaries are explained to the people within your network, whether they are friends, coworkers, your boss, family members, etc. And we actually did do an episode about how to communicate physical or intimacy boundaries in our first season in episode 15. So in this episode, just to review what happened... Um, We talked about Peter's season of The Bachelor and how Madison, who was in the final three, was unable to talk about her intimacy boundaries with The Bachelor, but she could talk about it with every woman on the show and every single producer on the show. She made it more difficult than necessary to discuss her stance on sex before marriage, and she just assumed that Peter could tell where her boundaries were without her communicating them. So listen back to the episode, hear what happened, hear what the result was, and how you should be communicating these boundaries. But for us right now, communicating a boundary is never fun, and it's almost always awkward on one side of the conversation or another. However, like we've already shared, it is an important conversation that you need to have It doesn't matter what kind of boundary it is. Once you communicate the boundary, there is no longer any guesswork or confusion about what you can or cannot do, what the other person can or cannot do, and etc. The guesswork, the confusion, everything is gone and it is clear. And then after you communicate the boundary, you now have an established baseline. And it's your job to keep communicating this boundary each time someone toes the line or if they cross it. The career Contessa has a really great quote about what to do when you're setting boundaries and enforcing them. They say, quote, while you're out there setting boundaries, you will experience pushback and infractions. Building boundaries is not an overnight process, and some people are unaware that they're constantly crossing them. Don't view boundary breaking as a step back. Instead, use it as an opportunity to instruct your coworkers, or in our cases, anyone else in your life, on how you best communicate, when it's appropriate to disrupt you, if ever, and what they can realistically expect from you, end quote. And once you have that communication set up, it becomes easier with every conversation that you have. It'll continuously get easier the more practice you have in establishing and communicating these boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so I feel like this is getting more talk just in the public sphere of um, people wanting consent before physical, any form of physical intimacy. Like people are saying, yes, you need to have verbal consent is really the only way to really know whether or not you have consent. And yes, it's going to be awkward and it's going to be weird and silly at first. But like Tracy said, it's going to get easier as you go on within a while like you can get to the point where it's like okay like this is cool right like okay is this okay like and then it's just super casual and you are communicating in a very clear way where you can be vulnerable honest and strong together all at once so important and it's going to be harder to do in other spheres um because it's a little bit harder to tell but it's still worth doing that to make sure that everything is super clear i grew up in a very passive aggressive household where you don't really talk about things that bother you. You just go to your room and scream and then come back out and pretend nothing happened. Very late, I finally began to learn what boundaries are and how I can set them because I have very strong boundaries. But like you gotta have them, you gotta set them, and you gotta work with them. And you gotta make people work with them. Yeah. So to wrap up everything from today, there's another quote from the same blog post that we shared on LDS.org where she says, quote, the truth is we don't have an endless supply of time, energy, and resources. We can't be everywhere and do everything for ourselves and everyone else. We are only human after all, but we can support and serve others while maintaining our well-being. The key to this balance is setting healthy boundaries, end quote. So to some of our listeners, this whole topic and episode may sound like a no-brainer. For those of you that are like well-versed and great at setting and establishing and enforcing boundaries, like kudos to you. Yes. We are proud of you. Stay amazing. Go get a cookie because you've earned it. Like you really are great. But for us, as you've heard throughout this episode, we are still learning and grappling with setting and enforcing boundaries in our own lives. We hope that we've given you ideas, resources, tools, and encouragement sufficient enough for you all to feel empowered and able to create, set, and enforce boundaries in your own lives. We have already said this so much. This is something that the two of us are constantly working on in all aspects of our lives. Even in our podcasting life, we are working on establishing boundaries too. It just, it takes time and it takes concentrated effort. We know that as we work diligently on this, we will be able to improve our ability to set and enforce boundaries in the future, and we will have happier, healthier overall lives if we are maintaining these boundaries because that's ultimately what we care about is having a happy, healthy life in all aspects of it. Exactly. Amen to all of that. The benefits will come from you setting boundaries, even if it's very difficult in the moment. They may not appear as benefits to other people at times, but it's going to benefit you greatly. It's going to bring you peace. It's going to give you time. It's going to help you regain your energy you're going to get so much out of this and you're going to be in a better place for setting these boundaries absolutely so take some time review what we've talked about today think about the priorities in your life and how you are going to establish your own boundaries to maintain those priorities because i 
promise you from my own experience, it was a revelatory experience and I had a lot of eye-opening moments figuring out my priorities and my boundaries for my for every aspect of my life. So I highly recommend doing that. Please do. And as you do, feel free to share your stories with us. We'd love to hear from you and see how you've been learning to set boundaries and how you're putting that kind of good energy into your life. Once again, thank you guys for listening today. Thank you. We will catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye.